Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. This week's guest, I'd like to call you a beauty expert. Yeah. A mother of four. You know all things beauty. It's Caroline Irons. Hi. Uh, what was your childhood like? Lovely until it wasn't. Okay. So my mum's American and I was born in Liverpool and then we moved to Mississippi of all places when I was four, four to five that year. So my early years were in Mississippi and then when, we, when I was 10, we moved back to England and then when I was about 13, 14, my parents' mar- marriage started to fall apart. Right. And then my mum got a melanoma cancer in her leg. So it was great. <laughs> Divorce and cancer. Wow. So my teen years were lovely. But my childhood was great because I was just playing all day, outside all day, you know, in Mississippi heat. Mm. Very, very different. But to be, you know, to leave that and then go back to England. We moved to Liverpool to live with my grandparents when we first moved over. Mm. And then ended up in Warrington because of my dad's job up north. And then I moved to London when I was 17. And you've dropped all accents then? I can do it if you want me to. (laughs) 
the whole podcast. I'd go just I'd just go to Mississippi. Actually, I'd like that accent. Oh, okay. I can do that one too. <laughs> it's the way that people play with their hair when they do that one. Play well. with your hair, even if you're saying something really, really like atrocious. Oh, bless his heart. That means I want to throat punch you, mate. <laughs> and do you have any uh, any siblings? I've got one younger brother. He's nine years younger than me, so I was like a proper big sister. Okay. Yeah. And did you? Uh, what What thoughts did you have about your own family? Did you think you'd want a big family? No, I kind of always knew I wanted kids, and then I knew I wanted a couple of kids when I was young. Right. The later two were a surprise. In that, I didn't know I would want more. They weren't a surprise. We knew what we were doing, but um, I knew I wanted more. I just didn't realize I would feel like that until I, you know, until I'd had the other two. And then out of nowhere, I was like, well, I really want a daughter. Yeah. So I'm going to go again. And then we had the daughter, and I was like, well, she can't be on her own. We have to have another one. My husband was like, what? God. So you've got quite a big... Is it 12 years from uh, oldest to youngest? Pretty much, yeah. Ben is 91 and Max is 2004. So like 12, 13 years. Right, okay. There's about six months of the year where there's exactly 10 years between both groups. So there's like Ben's 27, Ava's 17, Daniel's 24, Max is 14. Okay. So, yeah, it's two groups. And the weird thing is, when we were having the second round, <laughs> everyone would go, oh, new partner. <laughs> I'd, I'd just be like, no. Firstly, none of your business. Secondly, no. Thirdly, we all have the same surname. Four, does it matter? Yeah. Oh, new husband. Literally every single appointment. Really? And then as you get more and more pregnant, as you know, you become, I mean, you cannot imagine being as intolerant of arseholes as you are as when you're on baby number four and you're nine months pregnant and you've got three other kids. Yeah. And people are like, oh, no, no, and please fuck off. That didn't take long, did it? <laughs> we knew it was going to come somewhere. Oh, just like, don't ask. People just think they can say anything. Yeah, they do. You know, part of me was really evil, but part of me wanted to go, oh, yeah, my first husband died. Thanks for bringing it up. Just to shut them up. Yeah. You know, That's the thing. people say anything can happen. They don't know. I feel like they want to have a, like, almost start a conversation. Yeah. Do you really want to talk about, about you know, way. like if it was a divorce, maybe I left him because he'd be like, you know, no, yeah. same husband. Yeah. Still here. And you don't strike me as someone who will take <laughs> flippant comments lightly. Depends on my mood and my menstrual cycle. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I think people's intention is just to be nice and they're just, you know, that's fine. Clumsy. Yeah. And they don't mean anything. You know, you can usually tell if someone has an ulterior motive. Mm. And you think, oh, not today, Barbara. <laughs> that's the name I have for people online. Who oh, are, really? Yeah. Barbara and Brian. They're a lovely couple. Everyone hates them. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you decide that you wanted kids young? Uh, my mum and dad had me young. My grandmother had my mum young. What was it like first time round? Fun. I mean, you know, hard work. How old were you? 22 when, when I had been. Okay. Yeah, hard work. We lived with my mother-in-law for a while and then we got our own place when Daniel was a baby. So we lived That's with my mother-in-law. That's got to be daughter. tough, living, living with a mother-in-law when you've got a newborn. Yeah, not really, though. My mother-in-law was pretty cool, Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, she was really cool. She probably had all of us through her house at one point or oh, another. Really? Oh, come live with me, love. It'd be fine. <laughs> one of those. And actually, the support is always there because my mum's up north. Yeah. And it was nice to have a woman around. You know, she had six kids herself, so she was totally unfazed by anything. You know, they'd fall down. She'd go, oh, we'll be all right. You know. So Pick not, like, to overbearing and trying God, to do no, things. No, totally you... left us to our own devices That's and nice. would take my side if we ever bickered or argued or anything. Don't you talk to my cats like that. My husband would be like, she's my mother. You know, I'd be like, because your mum loved me. (laughs) Evil. Uh, And what was it like when you moved out of there then and you were on your own? Yeah, interesting. 
I think then I thought, thought okay, this is going to be hard. Mm. You know, two small children in central London, one income. But the, you know, the the mum part was always easy. Really? The mum part was always the joyful part. The money side is the what sucked and the having to work and the, you know, pay bills and all that sort of stuff because neither of us came from money. So everything we've, you know, we've just worked solidly for 30 years. Do you think that pressure affected how you mother? Because for me, I feel like that does. Um, not, not really because I only really was really working solidly after Ava and Max were born. Mm. Ben and Dan had me at home. Right. Or, you know, they would have me at home during the day and then when they went to bed, I would go out and waitress. When Jim came in, we would just tag team in and out. And that's really, really hard because mm. you never see each other. You're both exhausted. And now if they try it, you know, Ava tries to say to me things like, oh, you'll never hear when I want to talk to you. And I, you know, anyone hearing that must think, oh, that's dreadful. But when you see her face, what she means is, you know, who when I talk to you, so give me 20 quid and everything will be fine. <laughs> you know, she's a teenager. She's not... There's, the ulterior motive is always cash or wanting to permission to do something that I've already told her she can't do. You yeah. know? But ultimately, they, you know, they they just see me working, you know, and if they ever try anything like, oh, can we go to so-and-so? And I'll say, no, I'm tired. And they'll go, you're always tired. And I'll go, that's because I work for everything and I have to pay all the bills and everything that you do is supported by me. So I touch face. And then they go, all right. <laughs> no guilt there at all. <laughs> I will not feel guilty. No, I mean, because, you know, you're there when it, when it matters, like when they've been ill and, mm. you know, when they're hospitalised, of course, you're, you're there. It's mm. just, you, you don't go, I've got a meeting. Yeah. You know, then you kind of, it gives you a very strong line of what's important, what isn't. And and I can read kids well. So if I knew there was something up, you know, like I would go in and say, sort of say good morning to them and I could smell their breath. You know, they get that breath, mm. that sort of sweet smell when you yeah, know they're not going to be, be ill. And I'd go in and go to Jim, oh God, Max is getting sick. And you go, what are you talking about? And then about four hours later, he'd have a raging temperature. Yeah. So I always had that. And and he was at home. So even when they had like chicken pox and stuff like that, I didn't have to be at home. I could still go and work. Yeah, It's hard. Mm. I think having young children in central London is always going to be hard because the childcare costs are ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. But always good fun, you know. And I was never the mother that wanted to spend hours in the park. Oh, really? Oh, God, no. Shoot me in the face. <laughs> so what did Soft you do? play. Soft play would make me go full throat punch like so what did you do i'd put the telly on and i'd play with them and we'd go and visit people like we'd yeah. go and, i'd go and visit people with kids and let them play with other kids yeah. and and i'd go to soft play and all that sort of stuff but just thinking please god get me home yeah please god that kid is snotting all over my son and i'm gonna kill him and i'm just not good like i but love some people my that's kids. so refreshing to hear as well because it's all you know i just think when people month... say oh i love soft play i think you lying bitch <laughs> no one loves soft play <laughs> That's why places like Gambardo's have to put in, like, bars <laughs> so the mothers can have alcohol. Soft play is the biggest and best contraception you could get. No, thank you. No. No, thank you. The only good thing about soft play is that it wears them out. That's very true. Yeah. And Go having on. had three boys, yeah, you they know, do need a lot of physical... Do. Yeah. Oh, I would go and sit in the park and go, Go on, then. I'm not going to entertain you. There's a park over there. Go play. <laughs> Terrible. Shocking. My husband's the opposite. He'd spend all day in the park with them, take him swimming, you know. We're complete opposites. Yeah. You know, if he had to go to work, he'd be like, oh my God, get me to work quick. These kids are doing my nut. <laughs> but there's different ways of entertaining them. And I think having more than one, they entertain each other. Yeah, they do. Especially young boys. Mm. They're just, it's constant, you know, play fighting, yeah. real fighting. Lego, it's always a good one. Dinosaurs were the older two. That was their favourite. Oh, really? Dinosaurs. Just everywhere you'd walk on them and go like, 
stand on it like you do a nocturne plug and be like fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex up my toe I'm just in that mode, that, that phase at the moment but I'm, I'm, I'm swearing at Tom each time because I'm just like it's him he brought the Lego into the house poor Tom <laughs> I think it's a selfish thing that he wants the Lego Literally. you should put it away then yeah yeah Buzz likes sitting down. So there's Star Wars Lego. Buzz likes sitting down, watching Star Wars, while Tom builds the Lego. Yeah, yeah. I remember when uh, one of the kids got a Harry Potter castle or house or something and Jim built it. Really? Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he was all proud of himself. And then the next time some kids came around, they destroyed it. And he was wanting to kill the kids, you know. So one thing is that you, you, know, you love your kids. You would die for them. Mm. Most other people's kids, I'm like, meh. Don't really like you and you're ugly too. <laughs> I, I, only my children make me broody. My children make oh, me no, broody. Oh, no, other people's kids make me broody. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, my nipples still go hard if I see a baby. Your kids always make me broody. Good <laughs> job they're not here. Ruth's kids are shocking. Ruth's really? model. Oh, my God. Every time I see them, I go, oh, my God. Clutch the boob. <laughs> Ovary explosion. And then I think, no, poor bladder control. That's enough. <laughs> enough children there. Thank you. Already, you've already got the bladder control issues. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, no. You get more cats. <laughs> So what were your first like? Oh, um, long, while, we're, while we're talking about bladder control. Long, drawn out, all sort of fairly different. I had huge babies. So, oh, really? Yeah. Ben was 9-11. Episiotomy. Never again. Really? Ugh. When I went to have Daniel, who was 10 pounds, I had a male Belgian midwife. Imagine. Wow. Yeah, and he was like... <laughs> He was just, he was very, so mummy would like to, it was, it was, it was like a sketch. And I just <laughs> I remember. I think that paired with you yeah. is the hilarious thing. And I, and I just remember saying to him, quick, quick FYI, mate, if you come near me with scissors for an episiotomy, I'm going to use them to chop your dick off. <laughs> and he was just like, okay, so no episiotomy. <laughs> and then I had a little tear, which was much more preferable. Yeah. yeah much yeah. more preferable. Ava's birth, Jim still calls carnage. Okay. And even though I talk about it, he goes, <laughs> and shivers. Really? Yeah. It just—it was just a lot of fluid. Okay. The best way of putting okay, it. Okay. Okay. Every kind of bodily fluid you could think of saved the man's. Right. Poo, wee from both of us. Okay. Blood everywhere. It was not pretty. She was um like three pushes, but the labours are long for me. Right. Okay. I labour like a frigging elephant. Okay. It's like forever going. <laughs> but when the births come around, I think they say, don't they, that bigger babies are easier because they help themselves push out. Oh, do they? Yeah. And then um Max. I was induced, and we think he was a couple of weeks early. He should have been a September baby. He was an August baby, and right. I had guilt about that because I wanted to be induced because I didn't want to play another year of childcare. <laughs> I was like, if he's born in August, he'll be in that year at school, and if he's born in September, we've got to pay another year of childcare. And if there's only a few days in it, what difference does it make? You're going to induce me anyway, so do it early. So they induced me on like the 26th, and he was born on the 28th just to teach me a lesson via C-section. Oh. He was born asleep, and he's still asleep now, 14 years later. Is he really chilled? Totally chill, totally like like a sloth. His favourite animal is a sloth and it's very, very telling of Max. It's like, meh. He's typical youngest child. Nothing phases him. He's just like, meh. Max, the house is on fire. Yeah, but is it really on fire or is it just like a little bit of smoke? Because <laughs> do I have to move? You know. And that's what he was like when I gave birth to him. They pulled him out. He was fast asleep. Imagine going through labour and everything and they're trying to stimulate everything and no. Literally snoring. I said to Jim, go and take a picture of him quick. And we've got a picture of him when he first opened his eyes and he looks so pissed off. <laughs> Literally like his face is just like, what the fuck? What's happened? Why is there bright light? What are these people doing? I was having a sleep. Leave me alone. So I think he should have been a September baby. And then I said to him yesterday, funnily enough, I think he was supposed to be a September baby. And then he's because I've always had guilt. 
I was like, oh my God, he should have been another, you know, he should have been another couple of weeks cooking. He wasn't fully cooked. <laughs> and then when he was born, and they said, oh, he's 8'14. And of course, that's a big baby, yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. our smallest. You, yeah. So the midwife shouts across, oh, he's a whopper. And I'm going, it was not that big to me. Yeah. And she said, oh, he's £8.14. And Jim said, oh, you're slipping, love. <laughs> and of course, all the midwives are horrified on my behalf, but I just burst out laughing. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm really slipping. He's a turkey, for Christ's sake. But um, yeah, he was, you know, and I said to him yesterday, oh, I always have guilt because I had you induced. He went, nope, I'm glad I was an August baby. I'd hate to be a year behind. I'm a year ahead. I thought, oh, thank God he's my child. That part of him is my child. So that relieved all my well, guilt. Well, that's good to hear because my Max is <sighs> August baby. Yeah. August what? 24th. Oh, he's 28th. Mm. Yeah. It's hard. But haven't they changed this school year now since my Max was a baby where they, if they're born in the summer, they can start the following summer or something. I oh, think they're I tweaking know. it so that oh, the young ones can sort of join the year before and then they kind of mix and match a bit. So oh, that's I don't interesting. know. Yeah. Because he was always the youngest, never had a birthday party, which actually was joyful. <laughs> no one, <laughs> on no holiday, one was around. Yeah, I'd be like, one holiday, but I have to be in town for my birthday. I'm like, yeah, but no one else is in town for your birthday. So why can't we be away? Because it's my birthday. So every time it's his birthday, I'm like, okay, we have to be back for, he's always bank holiday too. Bank holiday weekend is always Max's birthday. So. It's fine. And he relieved my guilt yesterday. So, And also he paid me back by making me have a section, the little git. Was that hard, having a section compared to the others? Well, in fact, what was your hardest recovery? Ben's, the first one, really? the episiotomy. Just because it's so uncomfortable. They go through, you know, they cut through so many layers and the stitches are so deep and it's so grim. Well, and it's not in the best... If you want to move at all, that you're yeah. moving that. Oh, the first poo after you've had an episiotomy. No, no, thank you. They said, we're not going to let you go home until you poo. I said, well, you better set up for Christmas then because I'm not. <laughs> nothing's coming out down there until that's healed. But you better give me all the laxatives you have and it better be like pissing through the eye of a needle because I'm not putting any pressure down there. It is disgusting. <laughs> you know, you'd go to the toilet and have to hold the area yeah, yeah, and yeah. pee all over your hand just because you thought I'm going to split in two. Yeah. No, thank you. I think by that point, I was fairly used to peeing all over my hand because the amount yeah. of urine tests they make you do. Yeah. Why make a pregnant lady do a urine test in yeah. that little You're just clock? like trying to get your hand under in a cubicle. You don't know where anything is. No. You can't reach. And like, you can always see that the women who know that another woman's just had her hand in a bowl of pee because <laughs> when they come out, you're looking at each other like, I know, mate, I know. <laughs> no consultant with any brain would shake a woman's hand. <laughs> You'd be like, no, she's had a hand down the toilet bowl, maybe not. <laughs> No, I mean, the C-section wasn't easy. And also they stapled me instead of stitching me, which is a bit grim. Pulling the mm. staples out was a bit... Is that what you do? So it doesn't... No. So that they just come out with you rather than having to go back in? No, you have to have them removed. Ooh. So that wasn't easy, but equally... Especially not having, uh, having the, had other three. the other three, yeah. Yeah, but Jim was at home, so, you know, it was, it was it's all doing. Like I say, my mother-in-law was supportive and you forget, don't you, as well? You forget how hard it is. Yeah. Once they're older, you think, oh, lovely. <laughs> and then you look back and you think, Jesus, I look tired. Or, you know. <laughs> Photos. Yeah. Or, or more for me, more, God, I look thin. Because I wasn't, I was just too busy to eat. Really? Yeah, especially after Daniel. After Daniel, I was so skinny. That was your second? Yeah. And also, he was like, you know, a bowling ball. So I was breastfeeding this tank. And he still is the tank of the family. It's like a hoover at the table. You're not going to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> what was your hardest jump? Like, naught to one, one to two? Not to one was hard. Not to two was just busy. Yeah. So it was fun. Probably three to four in terms of, because I was working, I was working full time. I sort of didn't really take any proper maternity leave. So, but because I worked from home, I was kind of around. It was all doable. You know, I just get on with it. Yeah. Not big on complaining. So, 
which is great for getting on with work. Not so great when your kids are sick. Oh, shut up, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, actually, I've got mumps. Oh, right, OK, best we <laughs> find the hospital then. OK. I never look back and think of any of it as hard. Yeah. I look back and think of it as raising a family. It is hard. It's all hard. The money side of it was harder than anything. Worrying about money is much harder than raising the kids. The mm. kids are fine. Throw a bagel their way or a donut or they're like, oh, fine, thanks, Mum. You know, but the bank man doesn't accept food. Yeah. <laughs> so the work that had to go alongside raising the family was harder than the kids themselves. Yeah. I'm sure Jim would say the same. Mm. You know, the hours you have to put in and the stress, the worry of that side of things. It's much harder than the kids. Our kids were easy. Really? And I was a nanny for a while before I had Ben. Oh, so you used to So having... they were trained like machines. Oh, really? Yeah. When I see people now and I think, oh, you poor... When they say, oh, he still won't sleep through the night, and I think, your kid's two. What are you doing? Get that kid in bed and tell him to shut the fuck up and go to sleep. And I think, okay, be nice, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> be nice. This poor woman hasn't had any sleep for ages. She's deranged. She thinks she's doing something wrong. You know, it's not. It's just... Some kids are harder than others, I suppose. Mm. But Ben was sleeping from like six till five by three months. Really? I think when you are sleeping as well, that really does help. Yeah. Oh, sleepless nights are the worst. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, and they're all great babies. So I didn't even have, there weren't, none of them were screamers. They'd wake up, you feed them, they'd crash out again. That was it. They were just good babies. Mm. You know, they were happy and well fed and healthy. Max was hospitalised about a year and a half with pneumonia, which was traumatic, but. You know, I see what some poor people have to put up with, you know, and, you know, what they're challenged with is probably a better, you know, you don't put up with it when they're your babies, you're just doing it. Yeah. How long was he in hospital for? Can't remember, I've blocked it out. Really? About a week. Yeah. And it's awful because when they're that small, he was totally unresponsive, I was at work, my husband called and said, you have to come home. And then I knew because he never, you know, Jim could handle anything. By then it was kid number four, so imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't get home quick enough and I walked in and I said, we've got to go to hospital. And then when he came out, I said to Jim, I just had this inkling. I said, you know what? I wonder if he's lactose intolerant because he couldn't keep any milk down. He was just constantly puking phlegm and, you know, milk. And it was just grim. And I said, just pop to the chemist, love, and just pick up a cow and gate lactose free and let's just see. Because my brother had a milk allergy and his son had a milk allergy. I didn't, but it was in the family. And so we bought lactose free and he was a different kid within two feeds. Really? He was unbelievable. And instinctively, Max still doesn't have a lot of milk. So he's fine. He's not allergic. Mm. But he clearly had some kind of intolerance. And he was keeping... As soon as he kept his milk down, he thrived. But, yeah, it was awful. You know, constant puking. And it wasn't like that when he was a baby. It was just when he would get his co a cold, it would go straight to his chest. He was always phlegmy and chesty and, yeah. you know, snotty. And, and, yeah, after, like, two feeds, he was a different kid. And that, again, was just me thinking instinctively, OK, this is not normal. You've done it three times. Use your brain. I remember walking down the street going, use your brain. Oh, God, maybe it's the milk because of my brother. I think it's quite hard, though, to to like, to like kind of mm. use your instincts as a mum sometimes yeah. because you've got so many different voices in your head yeah. kind of going, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, you should be breastfeeding, you should be using a bottle, like, don't mm. use a dummy, like all these different voices. So it's really hard, actually, to cancel all of that out and just do what you think is right for your children. Yeah, I think, though, in an arrogant way, I never had a worry about that. Doesn't surprise me. It genuinely, never, never had any pressure from my mother-in-law, never had any pressure from my mum, never worried about how other people thought yeah. of what I was doing and raising a baby. Like, it's absolutely none of your business. Why would you even think? I mean, I'm so glad I don't have babies on social media really? in this day and age. Because, you know, they just... Giving them yogurt now is like, oh, you're sure you should be doing that? It's full of sugar. I'm like, it's like yogurt, for the love of God. 
my lot lived on yogurts when they were little. Yogurts and fruit, that's all they used to eat. Yogurts, mm. porridge and fruit, that's what they wanted to eat. Mm. You know, you realise it just comes full circle. They, they hit, you know, they'll eat anything you make them yeah. until they open their mouth. And then they're like, I don't want that, it's grim. They might as well say that when they go, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they stop eating everything you make them. And you think, he's only ever going to eat white food as long as they live. And then, you know, like yesterday in the pub, the boys were having like ordered a side of cabbage and then they come back to it and they enjoy food again. But everyone goes through that phase. So I never listened to what anyone said. I breastfed all of them, but in decreasing periods of time because I was too busy. Yeah. I think they all had a dummy. Ben didn't. He sucked his thumb. Right. But I put his thumb in his mouth and then I had guilt because I thought he can't have a dummy. I'll make him suck his thumb. How does that work? (laughs) He can't take a thumb away. And now, yeah. And then he had to have braces. Like, oh, no. You know, so... It's just one of those things. And then after that, I thought, oh, I'll just give them dummies and take them away. Yeah. And so we did that. Yeah. Num nums, we used to call them. On a num num. You're a mum of teenagers, really, now, mm. or on men. Yeah. Um, but you're really good at making people that are going through it now not feel guilty oh, or I won't judged. have it at all. If I see people, especially other women, having a go at people I know on Instagram, I'm straight in. This, why? Did you wake up and think, I'm going to be a total dick to this poor woman today who's just trying to feed her kid? Mm. Stop it. No. And that's usually all it takes because, you know, it's not so much the person who's receiving it, as you'll know, being on the receiving end is one thing, but it's everyone else reading it. Yeah. There's the amount of times where I've said, you know, I did a blog post ages ago, something about top tips for pregnancy. And it was more about raising a kid than because I'd seen so much of it, really, really at the beginning of things like Instagram and stuff Mm. where people were just hounding young mothers. You you know, you should breastfeed. You shouldn't use a bottle and da da da. And I thought, whose business is it of yours? And people say, you know, the internet changes people. The internet has not changed anyone at all. It's exposed everyone. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. You know, if you're walking down the street, you're not going to walk past a woman in a cafe who's feeding a baby on the boob and go, oh, you should use a bottle. Mm-hmm. First of all, she'd probably chin you. I know I would. You know, so I'm always defending whatever a woman wants to do, unless she's beating the shit out of a kid. That's slightly different. Yeah, yeah. Except for anti-vaxxers. That, oh, yeah, they, that yeah. gets my rage. So Let's talk about that. Okay. Anti-vaxxers. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I literally, the rage spills in my mouth like bile. And there's a really good reason for that. Yeah, Daniel had mumps last year and could easily have died and he was 24. Imagine what it would do to a baby. Mm. You know, and we had all the specialists, everyone in, he was in in critical care for a week, hooked up to IVs and it took him months to recover. He lost like three stone. So imagine that's a baby and you had the opportunity to inoculate your child to make sure he wouldn't get it. You know, and all my kids had all their injections because then I had people saying, well, if it worked, why did he get mumps? The things people will say to you, you know, on the forum of social media would yeah. still shocks me because they wouldn't say it. Across the table, they would say, oh, Caroline, if he had his inoculation, why did he still get mumps? But boys in particular, and this is what you'll have to be aware of, boys in particular are more susceptible to it and they're supposed to have a booster. Oh, really? What age? Like uni. They recommend now that everyone has a booster of their inoculations, especially boys and mumps. Just leaving sixth form, going into uni, that age group there, because they go to uni, they all get drunk, they all have sex, they all interact with each other, they don't wash as much. This is all from the from the, from the actual disease control. It's not me, you know, right. although it's all true. And it spreads. We think Dan caught it at a music festival. Really? Yeah. So, you know, I'm all for making a wise decision that's best for your family, doing them individually, doing whatever your paediatrician says, absolutely. But the people who just say... You know, I had some woman say, we heal our children with... I can't even remember what it was because it was so inane. I thought, if I saw you in the street, I would have to knock you out. It was literally, we cure our children the old-fashioned way, not the big farmer way. And I just said, yeah, that doesn't work when your kid's dying in the ER. Namaste, my ass. Because she literally said namaste to me. 
you know, you're just dumbfounded. There's, you know, and so when Kat Von D came out and said she was going to raise a vegan child with no vaccinations, I, t- I lost my and, shit. And you lost it because that's a person in a with a yeah. profile. Yeah, and California is the problem, and that's right. where she is. So, you know, to have had a week of all the top specialists coming in, and they didn't diagnose Daniel for like three weeks. They kept sending him away from the GP saying it was flu. And he was dying before our eyes, literally wasting away. And then eventually he was hallucinating. And he came into our bedroom on a Saturday night and he said, and he seemed really calm. And we sort of sat up and said, oh, he's up. That must be good. And he went, yeah, can one of you kind of uh, just come and sleep with me? Because I think if I close my eyes, I won't wake up. Completely calm. And we both, you know, you shoot out of bed like in a film. And then we went into his room and it was obvious he couldn't even see us when we were next to him. And so having gone through that, when I see people who have the option to keep their kids safe, not take it. And also the other argument is, is autism the worst thing that could happen to your kid? First of all, they're totally unrelated. Yeah, completely. Totally unrelated. No research. No research. I mean, if I saw Andrew Wakefield in the street, you would have to restrain me. I would go for him 100%. And I'd probably get away with it. <laughs> when people sort of heard the story, they'd be like, "Yeah, go for it." So it's the people who go against everything that science says yeah. because they've been on Doctor Google, and they think herbs and lavender oil are going to do it. And I just think, "Oh my God, you're a moron!" And that's me being polite. And I guess for you as well, it really highlighted that fact: your babies are your babies, of course, no matter how old they are. Yeah, Daniel was in the hospital, and um, I was standing next to him in the. Because I had him when I was like 24, 25. And the doctor came in and they try and talk to him. And they talk to him as if you're not there. Well, they're always your baby. So he's this fully grown six foot five man, right? Hooked up to an IV in both arms. Couldn't have the lights on in the room. They thought he had meningitis for a while. And, you know, they had to have a 45 minute lumbar puncture. But he was so out of it, he didn't even feel the pain. I just sat next to him while he was breaking my hand, you know. And the doctor came in and he said, right, so... And you keep having the same conversation. So did you not have your inoculations? talking to him like he was in... And he couldn't respond. He was out of his head. And i go, no, he had his vaccine. They were all vaccinated. And he'd go... The doctor would ignore me and talk to Daniel and go, and that's confirmed, is it? And I went, yes, I'm his mother. I took him. And then they go, oh, right, full Hugh Grant moment. Oh, right, your mum. I'm like, what do you think? I'm his girlfriend. Thanks for the compliment, mate. But, you know, I've got no bra on. My hair's in a bun. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) God, I might not look 50, but I don't think I look 25. But thank you. Yes, I'm his fucking mother. Yes, he had his inoculation. I cannot have this conversation again. Did you have the booster? What booster? Because we didn't know. It's just something that's not talked about. Well, yeah, well, hopefully it would be now. Apparently when you go to university, they send it out in part of the plaque. Right, you know, But okay. they don't make a big enough deal about it. And Dan didn't go to university. We live in central London. They went straight to work. So there's that whole generation of kids, especially young boys, who are missing out. So Max got his letter through for his 14-year-old boosters. I've never signed anything so quickly in my life. Yep, you're having all of them. And all of them are like, yep, fine. And I think it went viral. The Kat Von D response went viral purely because I had a bit of a profile. And I had the story and I thank God I'd asked Daniel if I could use the picture of him because he's in his underwear <laughs> in the emergency room, hooked up to all these machines with a cloth over his face because he couldn't stand the bright lights. And I said, Dan, I'm just going to do this response. Do you mind if I use this picture? And he was like, no, go for it. Totally chilled. You know, he yeah. wants the story out there. And then once he got picked up, I said, oh, thank God I asked his permission. Imagine if I put a picture of him out there in his underwear. <laughs> Bless him. So, um, yeah, I had people, family in America going, hey, Caroline, you're in the Huffington Post. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm not. The, my post is, you know, I haven't spoken to anyone about it. Once the BBC called and wanted me to do something, and I think I spoke to the BBC. And then after that, I said, I'm done now. I've said what I've got to say. And I'm not buying into the whole, you know, this whole thing about when you go on things like, 
the good morning shows where they have black and white. Yeah. As yeah, in, you yeah, know, yeah. it's either like, no, you are or you're not. There's no debate. There's no debate, but also, I'm not here to play games with Piers Morgan. Yeah. The worst thing you could do is sit me next to a woman who goes to Pilates and thinks that, you know, CBD oil is going to cure measles on live television. It would not end well for anyone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You said before that you knew that you wanted a girl. Yeah. And that's why you went for a third. Mm. How is having a girl compared to the boys? Challenging is probably the best word. Always been challenging or challenging now that she's a challenging teenager? Challenging as a teenager. When the hormones flip on the girls, I just think Satan's in the room every day. I'm not even overstating. It's like the exorcist at times. The hormones. And then, you know, part of you is, has empathy and you think, I remember being that teenage girl. Yeah. When your hormones are raging and you just want to cry and you don't even know why. And then you want to laugh at yourself because you were crying and you don't know where your head is at and... Not the easiest of times. I think was, we're coming to the end of it now. She's 17. She's coming a bit We all made it through. <laughs> Barely. Not done, not done. Barely. <laughs> you were saying earlier, actually, about how uh, you'd said something very honest on Instagram mm. and another a, a woman had said to you, you shouldn't talk to me about your daughter like that. Yeah. Been a bit I just said three of the boys put together on their worst day and no match for her and her best. In terms of, like, the mouth, the attitude, the self-confidence is... Like on another scale. She's like me on crack, but with the confidence of me now at the age of, well, 15, 16, 17. Right. But um, yeah, and I said something about, about it on Instagram saying, you know, how much, you know, you give them a kidney, then the next day you want to throttle them. And this woman had jumped in and said, well, it's no wonder she's a handful. You talk about her so terribly. And I think if you look at my post and you can't see the love that comes through it, then you're the moron. But then Ava jumped on, don't you talk to my mum like that? And da 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 da. And I thought, oh God, here we go. Yeah, that's my kid. <laughs> well, she didn't swear, so it was good. You know, she's like, who even is she? Literally. <laughs> don't you talk to my mum like that? So the thing, though, is I think you can be however you like to each other. Totally. But other people need to step back. It's, it's, yeah, don't yeah. try it. Literally, don't try it. But every family's like that, aren't they? Yeah. You know? And she's the spoiled bitch. She is, she's the only girl. Is she girl. treated differently because she's a girl? Uh, not by me. Yeah. And I say that as, yes, sometimes she gets away with things because she's female, but because I can relate to her. But she is by her dad, 100%. He's useless. Really? And, oh, useless. 
And he gets frustrated, whereas with the boys, he's just like, I said, no, what's the matter with you, prick? With Avery, he's like, why is she still asking me? Why? Why? He doesn't understand how she can just keep going. She's like another ready battery. She's just like, but dad, but dad, why? But dad, but dad, 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 but dad, dad. And I can hear her going, I just start laughing. I think he's going to blow his top in a minute. And then I hear him going, shut up. <laughs> you can have it. Have what you want. Oh, literally. Whereas I'll go, don't you give in. And he's like, will you come and deal with her then? I mean, it's just the shouting we've had over Avery is probably more than any of the other, but... You know, I scream at her. Really? Know? Oh, yeah. But then when she's leaving, she's like, bye, mum, love you. I'm like, love you, boo, be careful, no drugs, no sex, please. And she goes, ha, ha, and then runs out the door. <laughs> so you can literally go from shouting at each other, and I think that is family as well. Yeah, For totally. me, that's growing up. You shout, and then everything's, it's like it's totally, gone. Totally, yeah. We don't, one thing we don't do as a family is hold any grudges, Yeah. ever. We just haven't. So Jim and I don't hold grudges. The kids don't hold grudges. They call each other horrible names. I mean, their names are unmentionable. The things they have each other. I mean, I think Ava is in her brother's phones as a mixture of slag and something else. They're horrible. But yet, you know, if a boy breathed near Ava in the wrong capacity, Daniel would end him. That's what they're like. It's so strange. And I've, I've learned not to get involved. Yeah. Because what happens is you go in to try and defuse something and then they all turn at you. Right, okay. So you go in and go, come on, stop it now, Ava. What, why would you And they'll go, don't interfere. And like, oh, Christ, okay, kill each other, that's fine. If you could just swear a bit quietly so the neighbours don't complain, that'd be great, thanks. Do you still live in London? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the boys moved out into share a flat and they're like five minutes away. Was that hard, the moving out? God, no. <laughs> God, no. I put them on the payroll to get them out. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. yeah, here's some money, come and work for me, now get the fuck out of the house, please. <laughs> Like, I love you, but get out. You're too big. They're huge. They're like six well, foot five and six foot six. We were talking about this the other day because we were sat with all three boys and we suddenly realised that at, one, at some point we're going to be sat yeah. with three men mm-hmm. who will probably be taller than us. Yeah, if not more, and the girlfriends. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, mate, get out. Like, I love you, get out. Because they know as well that home is still home, so yeah. they moved out. The next morning we heard someone come in and Jim went, who's that? Because Max Neighbour won't be up that early. I said, oh, it must be Ben and Dan. And they had come to our house, bought their washing. They'd moved out the day before. <laughs> bought their washing, left it in front of the washing machine, made breakfast and left the dishes. So no, Giovanna, I was not sad when they moved out. Oh and also, gosh. they didn't move away. Okay. They, I see them every day. They're around the corner. They work with us, you know. As a family, we could lock the doors forever and just be perfectly content, yeah. the six of us. Some ex-girlfriends, maybe not so much, but that's fine. How is that? How is the handling of girlfriends? Because obviously you know... And boyfriends. And and boyfriends. Mm. You know, you know how you will work together. And then all of a sudden there's this other person in the mix. Yeah. And we know that relationships, they make you act in a different way, especially when you're young and you're learning that actually relationships shouldn't change you. Yeah. You know, how how is that being like having to bite your tongue a bit? Um, Do you bite your tongue a bit? Oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately I think I don't really buy into the whole, you know, oh, I've got a daughter and I've also got a gun. Right. Well, trust me when I tell you my daughter can take care of herself. I didn't raise her to need to be protected. We were walking down Bond Street the other day and I've reached that age where you walk down Bond Street and if you're with your daughter, you know that the men aren't whistling for you. (laughs) You know, Ava's 17 and stacked and packed and, you know, has this long hair and has the attitude of like, yeah, I know I'm fit. And we're walking down the road and she turned around and she went, yeah, what? And I, I thought, oh, my God, before, it was all over before I even knew what had happened. And she went and kissed her teeth at him. And I was like, well, OK, okay could you just fill me in because I'm a bit slow? And she went, that builder man. I went, pardon, in English? <laughs> and she went, and then she was down the street, like, kissing her teeth at him. Like, who are you trying to say, you know, like, and I thought it was just as well she saw him because if 
he'd have said something to her in front of me, I probably would have done the same thing. But as a yeah. mother, it's much worse. But no teeth kissing. No, I wouldn't have kissed his teeth. I would have said, you disgusting. Like, I would have gone full mother. Yeah. That's my baby. She might look like a Victoria's Secret angel. You know. Yeah, it's very odd. She has a boyfriend that we love and he puts up with her. God bless him. So that's what we say to him. God bless you. <laughs> you know, we've had some girlfriends we've really liked. Yeah. Some not so much. And Is I think... it hard sort of being there for them through that and not guiding them? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not going to go, oh, you know. It's kind of, it's, it's all right. It's quite easy because if you think your kids are sensible, you kind of trust they know what they're doing for themselves. Yeah. I would occasionally, you know, sort of say, is everything okay? You know, trying to be, and then I'd be sort of behind the scenes going to Jim going, I think they've had a row. And he'd be going, shut up. And I'd go, oh my God, they're rowing, they're rowing. Like in the bedroom next door, they're rowing. And he'd go, don't interfere, just turn the telly up, you know, that sort of thing. So, so you don't know if they've had a row and text the girlfriend and be like, I know that you might have said that, but he didn't actually mean that. Oh God, no. God, no. The boys no. would kill me. Totally kill me. I don't know. I just love all of it. It's all fun. It's never a dull day, as you can imagine. Yeah. Never a dull day. It's just noise and chaos and... You know, they're always hungry. The boys who don't live here anymore, everyone who comes into the house comes into the house straight to the kitchen, straight to the fridge, no matter what age. All of them. What have we got to eat? Well, what's for dinner? I don't want that. Can we get takeout? I mean, we live in central <laughs> London, so I know it's easy, you know, but it's one of those things where the family WhatsApp group will get, anyone want McDonald's breakfast? And I'm like, can you just make toast and cereal? Now, mum, can we have a sausage and McMuffin? Oh, mum, mum. And then the phone's going ping, 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 ping. I think, oh, my God, who invented WhatsApp? No. But that's what I, think I love about you and the fact, and, and hearing about it, I think, because you're all very much like, I want to say bolshy. Yeah. Confident. Confident. Mm. But there's this very passionate love there. Yeah, we're all passionate. And actually there is a vulnerability there Yeah, as well. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, we're all passionate about everything. Yeah. We're passionate people. You about know. life. Life in general. I love life. And I think we've sort of passed that on. You know, we're all massive media heads. We all watch Pointless together and we have the Pointless app and play it between each other. And just like they'll pause it. They'll go, Mom, it's a Duran Duran question. I'm like, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> well, you all do like a pub quiz together as yeah, well. Yeah, we do the pub quiz together. Yeah, and argue and have a fight and then pass the sheet to the table next to you for marking. And I usually take it over and go, I'm terribly sorry if you can't read it. All the kids were fighting and we can't spell things. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's all good fun. You know, Max will go, I told you it was that. You never listened to me because I'm the youngest. And we're like, and then of course we all go, shut up, Max. <laughs> And prove them right. <laughs> but I think if your children are older and you're, and even teenagers and you're choosing to spend that time together, yeah. you're doing a blooming good job. Yeah. No, we would all happily hang out with each other all the time. All the time. I mean, I'm sure the boys would get a bit bored and want to go and see a woman occasionally. But, you know, <laughs> we work together too. So they're in the office and then, but nothing changes. Even in the office, they'll walk in and go, uh, you had lunch? I'm like, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, son. Are you hungry? <laughs> Do you want to go and get food? Oh, yeah, thanks, Mum. As if I'd offered. Right, <laughs> OK. <laughs> What's been the most challenging stage? Teen. Really? All of them teen. Teenagers are horrible. He's a bit scared that you're going to about to go through that with Max? No, because he's my baby and I've got him trained. So even if he tries it, we're so worn down by the other three. We're just like, yeah, he's a teenager, leave him, he's fine. You know, one day he'll wash. <laughs> Yeah, every day I'm like, Max, please brush your teeth. We're paying for these braces, dude. And also you stink. And he goes like, no, I don't. I'm like, you're not smelling your own hair, you idiot. Do you feel like going through it, like with round two, you know that you're going to get them back. So you're going into it a bit differently. Yeah, but Ava pushed it to the point where I'm not sure we want her back. <laughs> 
mean, God bless her. You know, I love her. She's our baby girl, but she she was a handful. You know, she's always been cute and feisty and sassy, and but then sassy turns into, oh my God, I'm going to throat punch you. And you you think you know? It makes me laugh when I see, you know, when I see sort of mummy bloggers and everything's so perfect, and then they say, you know, and my beautiful baby girl, da 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 da, and I think, oh, I cannot wait till that kid's fifteen. Fifteen is horrific. Really? Fifteen and sixteen are hard. Teenage girls. Boys are easier for the mum because they tend to just go away quietly for a while and spend a lot of time in their room or the shower. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> once they discover the shower and what you can do in the shower, they're fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, please do it in the shower, not on the bed. Thanks very much. Oh, Caroline. Mate, you've got it all. I was going to say you've got it all to come. But bang. Ah. Hey. <laughs> um... But yeah, girls, well, equally though, I think that's why boys aren't as angsty. They have something they can never release. Yeah. <laughs> girls are just this fireball of, and all our friends emotion are the same. Emotion as well. The emotions are just heightened. You know, the girls, all our friends were the same. Just, you know, the mothers would text me and be like, oh my God, where is where has she gone? And I'm like, oh, she'll be back in a couple of years if you haven't killed her by then. <laughs> We were saying earlier about the bond as well, because you had a strong bond with your mum. Yeah. And your mum had a strong bond with the grand like but you know yeah. what that one on one female relationship is. Totally. She's like. the Ava's the only daughter of an only daughter of an only daughter. Yeah. So we're all very tight knit. You know, Ava calls my mum spontaneously, who lives up north, you know, my mum will speak to me and she'll go, Oh, I spoke to Ava today and I think, Oh, it's nice for you. I didn't. <laughs> And then some days it's like, well, I'm glad she's speaking to you. <laughs> you well, it's good though, isn't it? Knowing that yeah. they've got that other person. Yeah, they're to. very. And also, you know, you kind of want your kids to be. We've always had the kind of kids where the neighbourhood shops, these shop owners and stuff would go, oh, we love your children. They're so polite. And Jim and I would go like, well, our lot. Because <laughs> at home they're not. But to their grandparents especially, and then to everyone else, they think they're angels and they adore them because they're so polite and friendly. You think, OK, that's fine. I can live with that. I can live with calling each other the C word. But when they go around the corner to Mr. Blog's shop, they're like, hi, thank you. Can I have a packet of crisps, please? And then they come in and go, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lovely. So I know after reading your blog that you've got four children, but you've actually had seven pregnancies. Yeah. So you've had three miscarriages. Yeah. When were they? In between. So I had Ben and Dan, miscarriage, Ava, miscarriage, Max, miscarriage. Right. Yeah, so... We never had a problem getting pregnant. Well, if anything, I think we're hyper-fertile. Oh, really? Yeah. Just looks like, at you. Like, yeah. Share a toothbrush and I'm knocked up. <laughs> so, which could be very, very helpful. And I feel, you know, terrible when I see so many friends who've had such a hard time conceiving. Yeah. I don't I don't make a joke of it in that sense. But, but weirdly, I kind of always knew that the pregnancy hadn't taken. Oh, really? Yeah, I always kind of knew. And yet when I was pregnant with Ava and Max, I knew solidly. And, you know, Max was like, right, that's it, I'm pregnant. It's a boy and I'm going to call him Max. And Jim was like, OK, you're really overthinking this whole getting things planned out in advance. I'm like, no, that's what it is. And I wasn't overly traumatised. I'm quite pragmatic in terms of there were early weeks. One yeah. had gone to 12. It was like a phantom miscarriage. I'd missed, you know, my body still thought I was pregnant, but they said it stopped growing at like eight weeks. Did you find um, out at the scan then? Yeah. So... I think the first time it happens, you're shocked because yeah. you think, oh, wow, I've, I, for me, I was like, well, we had two kids. This is a breeze. Especially after two kids, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because I was like, no, it's a breeze. It's, we have yeah. great big healthy boys. And then we went for the scan and, they were, and you can tell immediately because they go, just going to get a second opinion. And you think, right, well, that's it. I'm either having four kids or I've had a miscarriage. And Jim was really shocked. He was like, oh, wow. For him, it was just like, a, oh, oh, things go wrong. You know, not in a bad way. Just like, oh, OK. But I think we're both so eternally grateful for what we did have. Yeah. 
and you don't have time to dwell. No. You know, when you've got two kids, I think when I had the first miscarriage, I think I was working at Space NK, so that was like 1999 or 2000. So the boys were like six and four or something like that. So I didn't have time yeah. to, to dwell. And I knew I could get pregnant. I didn't have a problem getting pregnant. And I just put it down to one of those things, as we tend to do as women. Mm. Okay, well, it's one of those things, you know. And obviously when you've had multiple, multiple miscarriages and it becomes something that's obviously more apparent and more serious than... You know, I feel for women when I see them, you know, they've had multiple miscarriages and they've lost babies quite late on. I mean, it's horrific Yeah. because as any pregnant woman knows, as soon as you're pregnant, you have everything in your head. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it's a boy, it's going to be this. If it's a girl, it's going to be that. Even though I'm not telling people I've got a name, I have got a name. And I've every outfit you look at. And then after you've had a miscarriage, every time you go to the toilet through pregnancy, you're looking for blood. Yeah. Every single time. Even when you're like eight months pregnant and everything, and, you, and you've just had a scan, you go to the toilet and think, oh, no blood. Never, ever leaves you. They were all kind of early and I did have an inkling something wasn't quite right. Mm. Whereas with the other four, it was almost like my kids sort of made a big stamp of, yeah, I'm here, chill. <laughs> <laughs> and that hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when I, you know, when friends have had miscarriages and stuff and they're so devastated and I think, oh God, because I'm fortunate in that, you know, we like we didn't, a friend of mine lost a baby at 20 weeks and you can't imagine the horror because we have, we can't imagine it until you've right. done it. So... For me, it was sad, but it was more like, a, right, okay, move on and do it again. But I also think it's great that you've talked about it. Yeah. Because I think people might look at you and think you've got four children. And I think it's only when you're going through something yourself and you start talking about it. Yeah. And having other people go, oh, yeah, it happened to me. Yeah. You kind of feel like it's not just you. Yeah. Your body hasn't failed you. It's no. nothing to be ashamed of. God, no. You know. I've had a really hard time thinking imagining that women would feel shame for having a miscarriage. Mm. But then, you know, I felt shame for having Max induced. And what is life like now having employed the boys, putting them on the payroll? Interesting, because, I mean, I wasn't their first employer. They've both had other jobs. Right, OK. So I don't think you should be your kid's first employer. You know, They need someone else to go, why are you late? Because if I said to them, why are you late? They'd go, I told you I was going to the gym. As if that was more important than being in work, you know. But it's fine because you're, you know, my niece is my PA. We're a very family. Oh, wow. Yeah, so because I can trust her. I give her my bank card. She knows all our PIN numbers. She house sits when we're away. She knows what I like and I don't like. If she knows I'm going into a full meltdown on the phone in business, suddenly a cup of tea appears in front of me and she walks away quietly. <laughs> and that makes me laugh. I'm like, yeah, thanks, Lou. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I don't think they'll work with me forever. You know, I just think I'm a stopgap and that's totally fine if I can help them in that way. I imagine that you guys have no problem sort of just saying, look, I'm I'm moving on. I've got a new job. Like you don't have any problem talking to each other. No, God, no. I feel really bad when sort of you you get people who don't have that relationship with their children or with their parents because our family's been very much, we say it, you know, Jim and I are very open with the kids. They can say whatever they want to us, even if it's hard to hear. Yeah. You know, it's not their problem if you can't hear it. You need to hear it. It's your kids, you know. So, yeah, no, they could say, Mum, this is shit. I'm going to work in a pub. And I'd be like, all right. You're still going to ask me for money every week, though, aren't you? They're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So we're, we're, we're still the same in that they'll go, Mum, can you lend me 100 quid so I get paid? I'm like, yeah, but I pay you. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, I'll pay you back. And we go, ha, 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 of course, okay, you know. So this, the relationship's the same in that way. And it's been fine because I like having them around. Yeah. I'm like, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. And also, it's really good having your sons working for you because I can say things like, right, those shelves need putting up. Can you do it by tomorrow? And then they 
jump into gear and they're, you know, so it's weird, but it's worked so far. We'll see. Do you think the the older two leaving, although they work with you, the the it was kind of the blow was softened by the fact that Ava and Max are still with you. Yeah, and also that Ava was driving us insane when they left. So we were like, oh, thank God, two down, two to go. <laughs> but <I'm kidding. laughs> well, like fast forward then to Max leaving home. Yeah, how do you think that's going to affect you? I think we'll have grandchildren by then, and we won't even do notice. You? Yeah, because Max is only fourteen, so yeah. you know, and he said he wants to be head of IT. I'm like, well, make sure you do your schoolwork then, you know, and we'll see. Can I come and work for you when I have to do my work practice and da 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 da? And I'm like, yeah, you can, but I'm going to make you actually do something, Max. <laughs> and then he looks at me like, oh, okay, as if you know, I'm going to give him something, you know. But it, being in the industry has been great. So when Ava had to do her work experience, she got Charlotte Tilbury, right? Okay, which was wicked. She yeah. loved it. And Ava said, "Mum, Charlotte's wicked. She's properly mental." <laughs> and I'm like, "I know she is. That's why I sent you to." <laughs> you know, you, she had an option. I just said, "On you know, I need some work experience for the girls." Da 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 got one of her friends into a PR agency and they loved it. So girls, are in, in a weird way, once they come out of the satanic exorcist years, yeah. then it's great because you're much more relatable. You know, they with Ava in particular, she knows she can tell me anything. You know, I said to her very early on, you know, you can tell me anything. If you get knocked up, you've got to tell me. Don't tell him, tell me first. And she's just <laughs> looking at me like, okay. I'm like, well, take care of it. <laughs> and she's just like, okay. And now she's just like, yeah, mum, I'm not pregnant. Like she'll say, I need to talk to you. I'm like, what is it? Goes, I'm not pregnant. I'm like, okay, fine. That's the only thing else is fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so weird, isn't it? How you have these, that's the level. <laughs> Everything else we can deal Everything with. Everything else fine, we can deal with, fine. it's fine. And even if she was, we'll still deal with it, it'll be fine. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. It's just, my mum just goes, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, don't even think <laughs> for one second I was anything as bad do you, as this. Do you think you might have been, though? No. I never smoked. So how do you deal with Ava smoking? She well, she knows how I feel. Yeah, she doesn't smoke smoke. I think she might smoke the odd herbal cigarette she likes. And I'm just like, don't do it near me. I hate it. If I can tell she's out smoke, I'm like, don't come near me. Don't come near me. I don't want to look at you. Mm. I'm disgusted. I failed as a parent. She's like, oh, you're so over the top. Shut up. So, but you know, we live in West London. It's 2019. You know, you step out of our house and you smell weed. And what about having partners stay over? Yeah, they have all had partners stay yeah. over. It depends on how serious they are and. How how much I like the partner, to be fair. <laughs> In some cases, I've liked the boyfriend, girlfriend more than my kids, so it's been fine. <laughs> no, that's the thing, you get attached and then they break up and you're like, oh, for God's sake, I've got to unfriend them on, they've got to unfriend them on Facebook. Oh, no. And I'm like, well, drama. now I don't want to be involved. But then when they get together, they're like, make sure you've been frame requested, make sure you accept it. And I'm like, no, I'm not accepting anyone until you're engaged. I'm not falling through that again. No. And even then I might have to think twice about it. No, thank you. Are you excited looking forward to um, like the potential of grandchildren? No. No, no, thank you. I'd like some time on my own, thank you. And I've said to them, if you want to have kids, that's great. Make sure you can afford a childminder because it's not me, love. I'm going to work until I drop. I, if you can picture me down the park, I didn't do it with you. I'm not going to do it with you snotty those kids either. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. And do you make sure that you and your, you and your husband have time like just for you then? Yeah, but we do anyway because our kids are at the age where they don't want to be near us. So it's only us two. <laughs> We have to be like, listen, now that we've done the pub quiz, I think they quite like it because they all know we're going to pay the bill. The, nice. the older boys know they're going to get fed. Yeah. So Ava's boyfriend came last night and he was like, oh, I'll just have some chips. I'm like, dude, you can have a burger, chill. He's like, oh, thanks. And then he was like, can I have pudding? <laughs> <laughs> so they don't want to spend time with us. You know, we're lucky that they do. We can all sit around together and watch whatever the many, you know, we're a very media driven family. Yeah. So they're all musicians. There's noise all the time. There's guitars all over the house. I'm forever pranging my foot on a, you know, I'm like, fucking guitar strings. 
the boys all play. Max has just learned to play the guitar, and the only two things he plays are the White Stripes, dun, 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 or Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, you think, but there's only so many times, G, you can hear, dun, 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 dun. and I'm like, Max, learn to play something else. And he's just like, oh, it's really cool, Mum. Listen to this, you know, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, oh, Jesus, help me! I can't go through this again. So Ava doesn't play an instrument, but we all sing. You know, we're all just, it's just noisy. and. Well, I've absolutely loved chatting to you today. I'm going to go to my three questions. Oh, God, That's okay. Right. But not really questions. I always say questions. It's not questions. You need to basically finish these mm-hmm. three sentences. Oh, God, okay. Being a mum means? Fun. Yay! I like that. Yeah, fun. Right. Years of stress. Yeah. Going bald. But fun. <laughs> a lot of paracetamol, paracetamol and pharmaceutical drugs. <laughs> but in general, fun. Yeah. So much fun. Since having children, I... Have lost bladder control. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> since, yeah, since having children, I have, yeah, probably become the person I was always supposed to be. Oh, you've gone for a serious answer on yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. So serious. Who wears a tenor lady? <laughs> And I'm happy when? Yeah, when I'm with the family, probably. When I'm with the family, watching telly, it's noisy, everyone's healthy. Like That's what you really want. When people joke and say, oh, I just want them to be healthy. When you've actually been through something, you know, now that's just rings true, you know. When the house is warm, there's food in the fridge, the kids are around, we know where everyone is, there's no one missing, there's no one in any drama just when the family unit is working the way it's supposed to be. And then to the other extreme, I'm really happy when I'm on an airplane and not near any of them. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Not at all. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.